Welcome back to Real Voices of the Game production. I'm Dave D'Agostino, and I'm joined by my co-host and star of this show, Sal Marinello. Welcome to the Hot Corner with Coach Sal. We are in episode 161 here on the network. Uh, before we begin, got a lot of great content for you today. Sal does a great job researching throughout the week and uh, certainly fulfills our mission of building better baseball IQs and really health IQs uh, for our audience. But to our 15,700 subscribers, I anticipate hitting that 16,000 mark by the end of the weekend here with our great end of the week shows. Make sure you continue to download, listen, like, subscribe. I'm adding two extra things for you. Sorry for that. But I need you to rate and review us also. We've got to attack that algorithm that rules the podcast world. It's like analytics in baseball. We know the formula. Let's hit it. We need you to rate and review. Uh, We'll continue to bring you great content every week if you do that. Make sure you hit us on the streaming apps. Apple, Amazon, Spotify, or Stitcher. If you have a different one, let me know. I'll subscribe to it. To all of our social media friends, you get us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. I answer one question publicly every day, but I get back to everybody else privately. 300 plus questions this morning. I still got my work to do before the weekend hits. We are now in 72 countries. Hit Israel last week. Brian LaVarnway, the catcher for WBC Israeli team. Also former minor league player, former Yale uh, Yale player, All-American there. Uh, helped us get into Israel, but we're hitting grassroots baseball all the way to major league front offices. And as I said, all we're trying to do is build a better baseball IQ out there. And Sal, as my, our, our buddy, Kevin Kernan always says, we are beholden to no one here on this network. So um, we're going to hit you hard. We challenge you to challenge us. Do your own research on things. Look things up. Do it on, on things you see out there on social. Don't just accept things as inevitable or gospel. Uh, Do your own research. We're going to say it like we want to say it. Um, And as he kind of jokingly says, if you don't like it, don't listen. But uh, Sal, welcome back to your show, The Hot Corner here. Uh, Great to be here. As I always say, it's hard to believe another week has passed by. Yeah, I enjoy the show. It's a fan favorite. It's it's a little different than our other shows. Obviously, our other shows are baseball specific and yours is as well. But you hit hit a broader audience, I think, with uh, with overall health, overall fitness, overall uh, just awareness of what we're putting in our bodies and how we're treating our bodies and our environment out there. So that perspective is, is really hit home with our, our audience. So thank you for bringing that. I um, was going to bring bring you on to talk first about an article that you and I had discussed. And it was about, uh, you know, I'll, I'll let you set it up and talk about the author and, and what it is. But it had to do with the key to longevity. Um, like there was some holy grail out there that makes us live longer, and somebody had the exercises to to do that. Um, and I think it was entitled "Longevity Experts." If I'm not mistaken. Well, um, yeah, longevity has been a side hustle for a lot of doctors and physicians for years. I mean, I remember being a little kid. This is uh, this. Uh, I'm dating myself here watching the Mike Douglas show and he, with my grandmother, and he would have a guy on regularly. His name was Dirk Pearson. Uh, it, it was D-U-R-K. He was a real odd-looking guy. And he, he had this longevity program, and he was one of the first, I think, that did it. And, again, I was a little kid, so what the heck did I know? I'm watching Mike Douglas with my grandma when she was babysitting us. But I, it always struck me in, in my – archives somewhere. I know I have some of his old paperback books. And it's basically been something, obviously, people have been obsessed with for hundreds and hundreds of years, all the way back to, you know, the Fountain of Youth and things like that. And 
just uh, to take a little diversion here, digression, there was um, a futurist, his name is Ray Kurzweil, I believe that's how his name is pronounced, who was predicting yeah, a lot right. of these things. And he, he said by, he, I think it was 2030, 2032, something, you know, within a decade that they, he thinks they're going to un, uh, un uh, they'll crack the code of, of longevity. So, so there, this is a big, a big topic here. We, we touched on it last week. I think when we talked about uh, using the peptides for weight loss and what growth hormone can do. And in the, in the grand scheme of, of these pharmaceuticals that are pushed on us, and told, and we're being told they're good for us. The, the growth hormone and the, these peptides, and and there's IGF one is another substance. There's this, let's call them for lack of a better term, family of of substances, pharmaceuticals that are being promoted and could be used as a longevity uh, treatment. And 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 the FDA doesn't currently allow growth hormone to be used as a longevity treatment. It's, you know, we talked about it last week. The FDA is very protective of growth hormone. I, I don't know why, because again, it's used for the frailest and sickest in our population. Um, and they don't seem to be dying from the growth hormone. So that's another discussion we could have. But these longevity experts always come back to exercise and, and are certainly diet. And it, it depends on your side of the uh your philosophy i should say not side of the street but your philosophy as to whether you're saying it's going to be keto it's going to be fasting so there's all these things but exercise no doubt is going to be a big part of any longevity program and you know this it just it sticks in my craw that you have someone that's supposed to be an expert and they're giving you tips of specifically exercises to do and in particular they talk about um, you know using weights to combat muscle loss, which we've talked about on the show also. Without protein, you could do all the weightlifting in the world. Without the proper amount of protein, you're not going to build you're not going to build muscle. But he talks about compound lifts. Now, a compound lift is any exercise or lift that incorporates more than one muscle group or more than one joint. So a deadlift, Give an example. Give an example. A deadlift is very a, a very easy one for people to picture. You're on your feet, uh, and the other, let's say, holy grail or the one rule you want to have is you want to have a ground based compound lift. So you'll see if sometimes you might read an article and you'll see an abbreviation GBCL. That's ground based compound lift. That means your feet are on the ground and you're using multiple joints. So the deadlift is a very good one for most people to picture. Most people are familiar with that. You're standing regardless of your stance. Your hands are on the bar. You're bent over the bar and you stand up with it. So there's a great example of a compound lift. Fine. However, this expert goes on to say that leg extensions and leg curls have the greatest impact along with the deadlift. So that right there totally devalues this person as an expert a leg extension and leg curl not only are in compound lifts but you're sitting and you're doing something in such a manner that is foreign to how the body actually produces movement and works so it goes back to our point dave you have to be very careful with who you believe and what you listen to and what you can't believe anything you read it's sad but we're at a point now you've said it we're create uh, confusion is reigning and and we're the the consumer, the customer 
our citizens are the losers in, in the process. Yeah, lots of money to be made in that confusion space right there. Is So with the article itself, there were, he, he took it to a certain level where there was some credibility. And I mean, were there parts of it that if we sent this out to readers, they could take from it? And you kind of, you, you mentioned where he kind of derailed a little bit. Were there any parts of it that were, you know, solid things that we can share with the audience? Well, I mean, again, I don't understand there's this, there's this need, compunction, compulsion these people have to to oversell things and to use hyperbole. And again, they're they're talking about you know standing is terrible for I'm sorry, sitting is terrible for you. Sitting can create I'm sorry, can increase the risk of your all cause mortality. Those those studies have largely been uh, I don't want to say debunked, but diminished. And the book we've spoke about on the podcast about the history of the story of the human body by Dr. Lieberman goes to talk about how much time the hunter gatherers still sit in the course of the day and how sitting itself is not the problem. It's the overall sedentary nature of lifestyle. So you have to, again, you have to read all of this, all of these articles with a, a real, a real cynical, approach. And and I, I don't think it's a great or I think it's a great article to point how point out how certain valid points can be taken and then turned and twisted to the point where they almost become not meaningless, but it just is it's just more nonsense. Yeah, that's that's the the nature of our society today. We have so much input that I think people just take it in and there's no way to filter it. And, or they don't know how to filter it. So fortunately, we're able to do that at least piece by piece on this show a little. If you were to encourage somebody who, you know, obviously we hit on this, but just kind of to wrap that one up in a bow a little bit. People obviously want to live longer. Um, they want to be healthier longer. They want to be as active as they can. Um, what are what, what's some simple advice where if you were writing that article in a shorter form, what would you give to our audience? You know, we talked about it too, the, the yard work where you're up and down, be able to get up and down. I do simple exercises with some of my, the older members of my client base that it's, it's practicing, but in a, a, in a structured way, in a sense that it's also exercising, getting up and down from the ground. You know, everything I do in my facility, I don't have any equipment. Everything is, and if you've seen my videos on Instagram, I have a squat rack and for other things, I don't do a lot of squats out of it, but it's kind of a good centerpiece to have. And I have dumbbells and I have other kinds of implements. And, and as you've seen recently, I've had the sledgehammer. Uh, I'm getting this, the, the, the wheelbarrow ready. I'm getting the yeah. Poland spring bottles filled with different amounts of sand, rock, gravel, whatever. Being able to be capable in real world circumstances, situations is really the important thing. Now, Dave, I love big gyms and I love going to gyms as much as the next guy. But a lot of the equipment in there is counter to what you should be doing. So especially for us, you know, older, if you're 50 or older, there was that old saying, you know, the legs are the first thing to go. You're, you're, I'm sure you're familiar with that, right, Dave? Oh, absolutely. Were they, yeah. I'm not saying that in any way pointed at you, but as a sport guy, when yeah, you're watching, I remember, you know, they talked about Muhammad Ali and they talk about all these Willie Mays when I was a kid, you know, watching him at the end of his career and. He played for the Mets and there were all these, you know, that, and it was the inevitable cliche, the legs are the first thing to go. And that's actually, 
The legs are a symptom. The legs are not what's going, Dave. It's the nervous system that starts to diminish. And what you need to do is always challenge the nervous system. So if you do watch my videos, uh, and, and actually I will say in this article that I mentioned that we kicked off this with, they do talk about training the central nervous system. But really that's the thing that's important. And, and the way you do that is you're on your feet. You're not sitting in a leg extension, leg curl, hip abductor, hip adductor pull machine. You're on your feet. You're lunging. You're bending. You're squatting. We talked about the seven things everybody should do in every workout. It's squat, lunge, push, pull, bend, rotate, and brace. So those are seven things that if you incorporate in your training, whether it's because you're gardening, whether you're doing other cleanup work outside, or you're actually working out in a gym or in your yard or wherever you work out, those seven things meet the, uh, help meet the criteria that is going to train your nervous system. You're, you probably are not using any equipment. You know, we've, I think we've talked about the, the acceptable equipment is the pull-down seated row. It's kind of yeah. difficult, right, to do a lot of pulling. If you can't do pull-ups, uh, you have your, uh, your, your vertical, your horizontal pull-ups where you would do off rings or off of TRX. Uh, so sometimes your pulling options are, are limited. So pull-downs I love, seated row I love. So if that's your equipment, that's fine. But um, yeah, so if you're thinking, think about those seven moves, Dave, squatting and lunging, you're on two feet. Uh, as a side note, no one should ever be squatting in a Smith machine. I see that now all the time. That's a trend on Instagram. It's probably, the Smith machine is probably one of the worst pieces of equipment ever invented. Uh, stay away from it. We could talk about that later. Uh, but squat, lunge right there. You're on your two feet. You're moving. Your, your entire body is responsible for producing and controlling movement, right? Push, pull. We talked about that. There's a lot of ways you can push and pull. Again, it's harder sometimes to find some of those ways. But again, push, pull, bend, rotate, and brace. So thinking about a lot of calisthenics that you could do, medicine ball work. So you could do all that and you're hitting those seven attributes in every workout. You're, you're going a long way to being in great shape. I like that. Well, I'm going to be 50 in two weeks, so I'm going to be uh, making sure I stay strict with those seven because my legs aren't going, brother. I'm going to keep them moving for you, so I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to buck the trend here. Um, yeah, so I, I uh, you know, like you said, it's like that it's a Ponce de Leon, the explorer that found the fountain of youth. There's there's no such thing, but I, as you, these hyperbole articles tend to try to get people to, you know, find that quick fix or that absolute, so I'm glad you have you have the year of at least close to 16,000 people here to, uh, to help them along their way. Um, kind of on that same note, you know, there's these magical weight loss. Uh, I call them, I don't say medicines, pills, uh, gimmicks that are out there with the, the latest one you sent me was Ozempic. It seems like there's a new one that pops up every week right before your show. Um, a new potential weight loss, almost like they're baiting you. Uh, but this article on Ozempic, unless if you had something other, did you want to expound on the longevity a little bit more? No, I, think, I think that's a good, you know, it's a good stepping off point. I think yeah. it's something everyone needs to be aware of. And it's going to be, it's going to be a medical, uh, medicinal, pharmaceutical intervention that is unlocking the code, in my opinion. But again, not all medicine, not all pharmaceuticals are bad. Let's see if I'm right about that. You know, I think I'm on... A good if, if Ray Kurzweil feels that I think I'm 
on a pretty good standing, at least as far as his credibility and his belief system, you know, so. Yeah. So, so let's, what yeah, is let's move on to the drug because this is becoming uh, a runaway train, so to speak. Yeah. Every week there's a new one. Obviously, we went through it with the vaccines. We'll get to that a little bit later. But Ozempic, uh, that's the newest one out there. What is it? What are they claiming it does? And then and you're again, people do your own research out there. Be your own your own leader. But uh, what, what's your opinion on all this Ozempic? Well, we've, it's, again, a case of treating symptoms instead of the root causes. It goes back to the concept of these mismatched diseases where it's not something like a cancer that is in the environment or we really aren't sure what is the cause. We know what causes type 2 diabetes and we know how to fix it. And it's overeating, eating the wrong stuff. And the fix is don't overeat and eat better and also get some exercise. Yet we've had, we have these medical interventions, these drugs that are being introduced. And now, you know, I read an article, it was um, in Business Insider, that claims that we're keeping these drugs from the obese and we're putting them in jeopardy. And, and it's really, we're now at the point where it, it is, we're getting to the point of absurdity with this because the person can, fix themselves. This is not a ridiculous example of telling someone to pick them up by pick themselves up by their bootstraps when they are mired in poverty and in lack of education and lack of support. This is not that. This is stop eating crap, stop overeating crap and get off your ass and exercise. And and again, these you're talking about middle class, upper middle class people that are crying that they can't get a hold of these drugs. It's it's really lunacy, Dave. We're at a point now where people cannot get themselves out of this simple problem they've gotten themselves into. It is a simple problem. It's not a disease. So we once you fall into that trap of of calling obesity a disease, then you go down that slippery slope. Yeah, we we hit on some portion of that every show and I'm glad that we do because every week not just our audience but the the world gets hit from some different angle and you never know when somebody's going to be vulnerable to receive that information the wrong way so um I'm glad that we we're able to do that on this show and hopefully our audience appreciates that as well I'm, I'm quite certain they do um you know are we to guess that there'll probably be another one out next week is is there is there any, there's no magic pill correct no it's and, and you know, again, these drugs, when compared to the rational approach of eating better and exercising, don't do as anywhere near as well because there's no side effects from eating well and exercising. There are a litany of side effects from taking Ozempic, uh, Manjara, uh, what's the I forget the other one, but there, there's side effects to all of these drugs. Again, worse than we talked about, those side effects are worse than the proper clinical dosage of using growth hormone family of substances. So taking it creates another problem. So they create another pill to solve that problem. And by the time these people are finished with their intake of pills, they don't know even where they started from. It sounds yeah, like. And they still, and, and again, you, you're setting up that false 
uh, what's the term? You're setting up the false scenario where the, the and you're not t- helping anyone actually get better. You're just giving them this pill. I, I know people who are on these drugs that still don't eat properly and don't exercise properly. So that's those are not the outliers. Those are the typical because you're being told it's like the, it's like the cholesterol lowering, lowering drugs, which have turned out to be a massive boondoggle. People were still eating because they're taking the drug to lower their cholesterol and they weren't being any healthier. So they're even if the pills did work, they're not giving themselves the best chance for them to work. Yeah, I think people often forget that, you know, we we, we look back on older times where the, you know, we, I watched Field of Dreams the other night where the doctor makes house calls and, you know, medicine is a business. Hospitals are a business and I'm not, you know, again, deterring people from utilizing that, but understand that when you go in, if you go in and you're healthy, nobody makes money on the other side, you go in and you're not healthy. There's a lot of, a lot of money to be made in that. So I often wonder, um, how we could scale that model back to preventative medicine, um, without, you know, running into the, the powers to be that have been making so much money for so long on this chaos they've created. I don't think it's. I don't think we're turning the corner. I, I and I'm not just talking about this. I think there's a lot of things that you know. I joke with some of my friends and and some of my clients who are younger. I'm 60. I'm getting to the point where you know what? It's your problem. You fix it because I have you know hopefully 25, 30 years of of health and production. I'm going to keep myself in good stead and do what I need to be happy. And I can't. I can't be concerned about these things now that have gone off the rails. If And we could talk about a litany of subjects that go beyond health and fitness and weight loss and proper practices in the gym. But um, for years, I've been over the, the concept of trying to uh, preach to people to get them to change their ways. Not interested. I want people who know that what they're being told is wrong and want to have some guidance and help. So I don't, I don't think things are turning around. It might be a very fatalistic view, but I, I, I'm just not very positive about that. Yeah. Well, I think with, I think we're the same in that. I mean, we're, we're seeking out people like in our audience, we want people that get it. And then the people that don't get it, I'm okay with that. We can spend time with them. I think uh, you're the same, but the people that don't get that, they don't get it. I mean, move on, um, you know, do, do what you got to do. And, Let's not burden our, our time with it. Um, you know, one of the other areas we've talked quite a bit off the air about you and I, and you mentioned it a little bit before the show today, and I want to let you take it wherever you want to take it. But uh, there's there's something new coming out with vaccines and masks you were mentioning. Well, I mean, there's, there's there was a, a study that came out again, and it's it's nothing, it shouldn't be earth shattering, but you, you it was in, in response to now we've got years of, data to look at in response to people wearing masks. And it just reinforced what people said from the beginning that they don't work and they didn't do anything to help mitigate the spread of COVID. If anything, they're starting, you know, you're going to see this and I'm I'm sure there's going to be an effort to shut it down. You're seeing this quote, this quote, long COVID is really a syndrome that comes from wearing the masks for too long. Because of the dirty air you're breathing in, you're not getting enough oxygen, you're getting too much, you know, uh, CO2. It's not it's not a good situation. And on top of the fact that we know these masks are filthy. It's funny, you know, I can't tell you how many masks I see as litter around. And my thought is, 
you know, all of this concern for your fellow man and, you know, you're supposed to wear the mask and just in case and it couldn't hurt. And yet people are just throwing them on the ground everywhere. And it's this huge litter problem. I just find that there's some kind of weird story there. I just, it, it always interests me that you see them like outside my facility, I'm kind of off the beaten path. Every day there's three or four masks on the floor, on the ground outside uh, in this pathway where people go to and from work at this building across the street where there are a lot of them still wear masks. Interestingly, interestingly, Dave, I had to go back to a, get a checkup about this ridiculous infection I had. And so I went to the infectious disease doctor and it was worth knowing that no, not one person in that practice, big practice was wearing masks. So where I'm in New Jersey, which is still a bit of crazy land, crazy town where people are wearing masks, walking down the street by themselves and convertibles by themselves. So it was interesting to see. And, and you know, it's the, the, the stuff that's dribbling out about the studies, the safety studies of the vaccine, how massive amounts of data have been left out. And that data is individual cases of people who had adverse side effects. So it goes back again to don't trust anything, do your own research, don't rely on anybody to an extent that you're just believing what they say without any critical thinking. Don't listen to us. We, you've said it already. Go out and do your own homework. Don't listen to us and, and, and use your common sense. Yeah, we're not, we're not interested in drones listening to the show and just following aimlessly. We want thinkers, and that's why we get hundreds of questions every day. They don't always agree. They're always probing, and, and I love that. That's the kind of people I want to be around. Well, Dave, yeah. I saw a great meme. Uh, I wish I saved it. I think I might have. I might have to go see if I can find it. Basically, what it was saying was, for you know, thousands of years, we ate meat and eggs and dairy, and we're fine. And in the last, you know, seventy, one hundred eighty, whatever you want to take that. 100 years, 70 years, our health has gone off the rails. And now we're being told it was, it's the meat and it's the eggs and it's the dairy and it's the fat. When we lived on that and our society was built on that and people were strong and not fat and that was good. And now we're saying it's those things that are making us sick and ill. We have to avoid them. It's just, it's just a crazy time we are living in. Yeah. What up now up in your area? We're in different parts of the country and I always forget. I mean, I, if I didn't, you know, look into other parts of the country, I'd have no idea that a lot of the insanity is still going on, but up in your area for a while, I don't, I don't think it's still going on, but they were asking high school athletes and AAU athletes to wear masks during competitions, like indoor basketball, playing 32 minutes with a mask on. Um, I mean, in your opinion, healthy, not healthy. I mean, what, what's no, the you're, you're breathing. You're not getting in oxygen. It's it's they. It's not healthy for the person sitting in a space by themselves, not even exerting themselves. I when it walked into the gym the other, I go to a local gym here. Person was on the stairmaster wearing a mask. It's it's and it's not the air. You could use the air restriction masks that are designed to replicate training at altitude that's completely right, yeah. different because you're that air is being filtered and you're getting in oxygen but you're getting in oxygen that is similar to when you're say in denver you're at colorado springs when you're at altitude uh you're not re you're not breathing your recycled garbage that is going in and out of your mask on top of 
all the stuff that's sitting in that mask because you've been wearing it around. So, yeah, that it, we're just we're at a point of the 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 earth is flat with these mask people, you know. And I know you probably can't relate to us, but I, I may ask you to indulge. So back when that started, we I think our group we had signed up to be in a tournament outside a region, and one of the restrictions was all the kids had to get. Uh, show vaccination. All the kids had to get nose swabbed and mouth swabbed before they could enter. And then they had to wear masks during the competitions. And I mean, they had, they had me at hello. I wasn't signing up for the first one. And after the other two, those were exclamation points. How on earth do parents allow this to happen to their kids? Uh, That's a a kind of a great, a great question. I I think it's, that mass, uh, I forget the term offhand, it's something about mass hypnosis. I think people think, ah, oh, it's, it's just this little problem. We will get past it. But what I want to go back to that. A yeah. lot of that stuff, I know a lot of places really did do that. I'm telling you from what I know, and you've heard this in our discussions with some of the guys in the podcast network, and I know from my athletes, so much of what they said they were doing is BS. So much is BS with regard to how many athletes were actually vaccinated. I think the bigger, I don't, I don't actually, I can't say that. I don't know what the bigger scam, the bigger shame has been that we were told these athletes were getting vaccinated when we know they were not. And that we were told to get it and that they were being used as the examples for why we should get it or the fact that people still were given it and took it despite knowing it was bad for them and had to live with the consequences. I, I don't know. It's just so many bad things have happened. I just had this discussion yesterday with a high-level athlete. They, in their circle, the vast majority of athletes faked the vaccine. And the, quote, authorities, the school, the team, the league, whatever you want to say about however you want to classify what the you know the, the the authorities were look the other way yeah i, I think i agree to we they use professional sports unfortunately it's kind of the watering hole right now for the the rich elite and whoever's financially benefiting from a lot of this stuff but um uh, re- going back to the mass vax uh, any anything else you want to add to to uh to what you see coming out, what what misinformation do you see coming out right now from from the uh, well, study? I don't, I, you know, I, I don't know misinformation. I think you know it's it, it amazes me that you watch a sporting event and there's still this commercial with John Legend singing this song and telling you how great it is, and everyone should go out and get these boosters in the face of real data that is showing at best they are ineffective and at worst they're increasing people's health problems or contributing to early death. So the, the, to me, that's, I, I, I can't get over the fact that uh, on one hand, countries are turning away from the vaccine. Countries are now suing the, uh, the drug companies. Pfizer stuff is coming out about how they conducted the trials. There's grave, there's always been grave questions about how these safety trials were conducted and more stuff is coming out to quote prove the um what the conspiracy theorists said another example of the conspiracy theorists being right 
and yet we're still being told to get it. So that, that that's just it. What what I want to what I think you have to here's one more thing I want people to con- consider, and I know it's an expensive option, but if you're really died in the wool about not getting the vaccine, if you have to go get a blood transfusion for whatever reason, I don't think you have any faith or any reason to believe that that blood, if you want to get non-vaccinated blood, you're going to get that. I think that's a big problem that you're going to see down the line. I know they have these private blood banks that you can bank your own blood for your family, for your blood type. It's expensive, but it's something that people with means, if they're really concerned with this, um, might need to look into. Yeah, we actually did that with Viacord with our the umbilical cords of all of our kids, uh, God forbid, just in case. Uh, yeah. ne- never anticipating something like this happening in the world, but right. um, we've got that. I don't know what I'd have to do, but uh, I may call you. At least I know where your, your blood is. Yeah. But, uh, what, uh, what, what, else, what else did you want to get to today? I know. Um, well, I want to <clears throat> talk one real quick about a, 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 a training concept, Dave, that we're going to pick up next week. This will be a good place to end it. And then I think we can start next week. I want to get back a little bit to the training. So there are two things that I concern myself or that you look at when you're trying to improve an athlete's performance. Uh, rate of force production and force production. So let's go force production. Basically, it will use that deadlift as an example. You have 400 pounds on the bar. Someone can lift that. You could measure force production. It's the total amount of force that that person is able to produce. The rate of force production is how fast you can produce that force. And as far as I'm concerned, the thing that I train what, what do you think I train, Dave, based on what you know about me? As far as the, I would think. Uh, I worried about how much someone's lifting or how fast they're lifting it. Um, I would think anything related to heart rate, you would be in tune with. So oh, the heart rate, but heart rate is different. I'm talking about as far as strength goes, knowing and seeing my videos, am I concerned with, and our discussions, Am I concerned with the flat out number that someone can lift or am I concerned with how fast they can move? Well, I would think moving. Right. It's the speed, the rate of force production. So what we're going to talk about as we go on, and like I said, we'll pick that up next week, is how fast can you produce force? Great example of that, foot in the ground, change direction. So it's it's not as much of an issue in baseball because... You're, you are reacting spontaneously to certain stimulus, such as a fly ball being hit, a ground ball being hit. But there's a great example. Do I care how much force that shortstop is putting in the ground when he's ranging to his right to get a ground ball? Or do I want to know how fast he can produce that force? Well, if you go by the studies, rate of force production is more important than absolute force production. And that is whether you're a senior citizen trying to improve your balance trying to keep yourself in good stead so you don't fall, so you don't have these age-related issues with movement. It's really the rate of force production that's more important than just flat out how much force you can produce. It's how fast you can produce it. I like that. And and to our audience, make sure you do a little research before the show next week so we're not spoon-feeding you. You have a little bit of background on it. Please ask questions leading into it, and I can can help like like I do generate some some uh, 
thoughts for Sal as he's given us great content and great knowledge. I have another one for you for next week, and I'm going to send it to you. We got asked a question. Um, you're familiar with Dirk Nowitzki, former Dallas. Yeah. Dallas Had a yes. long, great career with Dallas. Stayed healthy. Doesn't look like a, you know, a physical beast. He's seven one, long, thin, and uh, he had a unique training style. By uh, and I can't pronounce the last name, but his, his the guy he would go to. His name was Holger. And if you ever saw him before games, he wear he always had like a flannel shirt on and some sort of khaki jeans. Uh, you know, look look like from Target. And uh, he had him doing all these different mobility things prior to shooting, where most guys are going around getting square to the basket shooting. He did everything but one leg balance. I want to send you the video and kind of want to pick your brain throughout the week. And, and I've had some questions on that type of training and is it, uh, is it useful or not right. uh, to athletes? So I think, I think it's in line with how you do it, but I may be wrong. And if I am, you'll tell me. I know oh, that. I'd love to see it. Okay, good deal. Uh, well, Sal, thanks again for all the information you provide our audience. Uh, give tremendous content. And as again, we'll challenge you one more time. Don't accept what we say as gospel. Go out there and do, do your own work. Challenge us. Poke holes in it. We'll certainly respond to you. 15,700 subscribers. I'm anticipating hitting that 16,000 mark by the end of the weekend. Uh, download, listen, like, subscribe. Please rate and review us. We're, we're going after that algorithm that podcasts are governed by. So, we believe that we provide great content, but we also want to show that great number. So keep keep doing that for us. Apple, Amazon, Spotify, or Stitcher is our streaming apparatuses. If you have another one, let me know. I'll subscribe to it. 72 countries now, Sal. Grassroots to MLB front offices. I'm happy to say Italy's been there from the beginning, man. We, we had our, our fellow countrymen uh, listening in. All we're trying to do is build a better baseball IQ, and in, in your case, a better overall health I, uh, IQ, both mental and physical. We thank you to stick into that every week. Great. And like I said, questions are the best response we could get. That means people are paying attention. Yep. And I encourage for next week, we gave you the the, uh, the lead in and we'll follow through with that. I'll also put some stuff out there about Holger. Maybe I'll answer that question on Facebook to spark some other questions. But uh, thanks again. This is the Hot Corner with Coach Sal, episode 161 on Real Voices of the Game Productions. And we are out of here.